Um, whatever it is that you may be going through on tonight, know that that is not your destiny. Know that that is not the place where God designs for you to be. He does expect for you to reach out to him. You know, we can do all things through him, but without him we cannot do anything. We are powerless. So I I just encourage you to know that wherever state that you're in, knowing that you can go higher, that is God's desire for you, you know, as as we partake, you know, in the good things that God has for us. Amen. Um, I welcome you tonight to Kingdom Sisters Empowerment Network, a.k.a. KSEN Live. We are an empowerment network. It's to inspire by sharing our testimonies, our ministries, books, music, and etc. We are about building our kingdom sisters and brothers in Christ. I know it said uh, Kingdom Sisters Empowerment Network, but that's just because that's just a tool um, for women to come and we be unified. But it's not to um, neglect the fact of our brothers in Christ. You know, this is a safe platform where we can be real, be transparent, and that we can grow in our walk with God. You know, this. so many times we have people um, who may not uh, belong to a, quote, church, um, have a church home, but they desire to have a closer relationship with God. They desire to be imparted into. And these avenues such as this um, and so many other avenues, um, social media, um, we have so many ministers of the gospel or just people who inspire to equip God's people, you know, that we have these sort of platforms for those who don't ever want to go into the house of God. Now, mind you, we are never to forsake the assembly but, you know, until then, know that there are many platforms, and even if you are in the assembly, there are many things that are available to you that may not be available to you in your own church. Uh, so this is, again, a place for empowerment, networking, a place where we can encourage, a place where we can uplift, we can share, uh, restore, and we can pray for one another. And the mission is that we be an example of God's kingdom, amen, that we may ignite the maturity and the growth on the inside of each and every one of us. You know, we believe that we are all equipped to fulfill our personal journey, which happens to be connected to our purpose and our destiny. And so tonight, I am so excited, you all. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I really, really, I'm so excited as I begin to just really, um, you know, think about some things that God had been um, depositing into me and not quite knowing, you know, what avenue to tap because don't you know that God uses vessels in the earth? That's how he makes things happen, you know. And so I thank God for this vessel on tonight who is our special guest, um, Boy, she is a well-diverse woman of God who wears many hats, and in the form of arts and in ministry, she is anointed. Um, Her heart is a poet at heart and a writer. She's a pioneer, and her mission is to assist artists who are seeking a safe place to mature, to heal, to grow, to develop, and to be released into their callings in authority and power. 
Please welcome an ambassador uh, to the kingdom of God, the scribal commander herself. I thank God for Apostle Teresa on tonight. Woohoo! As she is in the place tonight. Amen. How are you, woman of God? I am well. Thank you. I'm excited to be here um, and join Kingdom Sisters Empowerment Network, Prophet. And I thank you for the invitation and um, just welcome to everyone else here as well. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we're going to, like I said, and I did a little video excerpt earlier today, and it's just it, to be honest, we could do about two, three of these calls um, just to get a, a, a segment, just a little tip of what she does because God has called her um, in, in a way that I have, to be honest, never quite heard of. And it was so interesting and profound when I understood her being a scribal commander. So I am... Um, wanting her to to share with us, um, you know, tonight we're just going to be honest and, and, and know that God uses vessels, okay? It's just, it's just impossible um, for God not to want to use his people, especially when they are connected to him, right? He gives uh, his wisdom and his knowledge into them so that they can impart back into God's people, uh, so that we can be encouraged, so that we can, uh, you know, tap into uh, whatever uh, ministry gifts or even just your calling and your purpose. It's not. I want people to understand when I say ministry, your ministry is whatever platform God has given you. You know, whether or not you do hair, if you're anointed to do hair, if you're anointed to draw, um, and what she's going to be talking to us about that because this woman of God is anointed to draw as well. God speaks to her and she draws. Um, but I want you, uh, woman of God, um, to explain to us or define to us what a scribal commander is. And when did you realize okay. that you were one? Okay, I want to I wanna kind of, because most people when they hear this for the first time, they're like, there's no way a scribe can be a minister. And so I'll just, Real briefly, I've been a writer all my life. I mean, you know, from just loving to write poetry, spoken word. From first grade and, you know, high school, editor of the yearbook, creative writing magazine, college, editor of the college paper. So I've had the, and then my career as a, as a news reporter. So my whole life has been scribal in the sense of what most people understand. But to mm -hmm. answer that question about what does it mean to be a scribal commander, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me real quick to Ezekiel 9. And I want to show you this. It's not a long passage. It's just two Oh, no, that's scriptures. okay. And I, and okay, so Ezekiel 9. Because Ezekiel 9, and it says this. Okay. It says, I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible, but the NIV is the same. And it says this. It says, then he cried loudly in my ears, summon the commanders of the city each holding his weapon of destruction. At once, six men approached on the path from the upper gate to the north, each man holding his weapon of destruction. Among them was a man clothed in linen with the scribe's writing equipment at his waist. They entered and they stood by the bronze altar. 
then the glory of the God of Israel came up to go up from, the, from over the cherubim where it had been to the threshold of the house. He called the man clothed in linen with the scribe's writing equipment at his waist. And the Lord mm. said to him, go through the city, go through all Jerusalem, and put a mark on the, forehead, on the foreheads of the men who are sighing and crying over all of the disgusting practices that are being committed there. So the term summoning the commanders of the city and being a scribal commander is being a person who is administratively, instructionally, and creatively called into the mantle of a scribe over their region or over their city. And it's their first passion, just like a worship leader has a passion to worship, Mm -hmm. just like a um, pastor has a passion to preach. So the people God is raising up with the scribal passion. And um, so those are the commanders, and so that's what that comes from. My whole life has been scribal. And so when I came into the knowledge of the Lord, the Lord just opened that up to me and began to tell me that I would raise up a scribal nation, that I would write books to help people understand this. And so for the last 17 years, that's what I've been doing. And so it's, it's been a long journey because it's been a very um, lonely journey because this particular ministry is not really understood. And the last part I'm going to share with you so we can, you know, go back and see where you want to lead us, Prophet, but I just want to share with you that the ministry of the scribe is not just writing. What I particularly teach is the office of the scribe, and I show people the government of the scribe. It's as much an office and a government as any of the Ephesians 411 gifts. And in fact, um, through a lot of teaching and executing the scripture, the ministry of the scribe that was, that was um, destroyed by Christ was reawakened by him in Matthew 23, verse 34. You can read it for yourself and in Matthew 13:52, And then when Paul talked about Ephesians 4:11, that word for teachers is actually officer or scribe. And so the modern-day mantle of the ministry of the scribe is actually the, the, the position of the teacher in Ephesians 4:11. So, but it comes in many different dimensions of that. Mm-hmm. Education and understanding is at the core. And I know that's a new twist for most people that I have studied this out. And, that you know, what God puts in place, he didn't throw away. The gift never left. The order of the Pharisee and the scribe left, but the gift never left the earth. And so the question becomes, what happened to the gift? And so by answering that question, that is how I came to develop the ministry that I have today. Wow. <laughs> I know that's a mouthful, mm. but... <laughs> yeah. And I want you to even go, I know you, well, you, you laid a great foundation, but I I want you to even just, just elaborate a little bit more on that as the Holy Spirit is leading you to share with us. Okay, definitely. Um, What I do, I love, because this is so new, I'm going to run you through scriptures. These scriptures are ingrained in me. So I'm going to try my best not to go too fast so that you can follow but to answer the question about Ezekiel 9, the commanders of the city, that particular passage is more to that. I have a book coming out called The 21st Century Scribal Mandate. And I feel like Ezekiel 9 is really a part of that mandate, even though it's the Old Covenant. We can see today that um, 
We have the television, radio, social media, the Internet, technology. The technology that exists today has never existed in a time like this ever in the earth. There's never been a time in the earth in which people have been able to publish books the way that they do. Twenty years mm-hmm. ago, there were so many gatekeepers, you couldn't publish a book unless you had $20,000, to invest in the process. Wow. So, but today, you can publish for $2.15, depending on what publisher you're going to use on demand. So the playing field has evened out. Um, the, the ability to communicate has increased. Technology is steadily advancing. The, the area of the arts is increasing. So a portal has opened in the earth, and that's, that's wow. really what's yes. happening, in which, in which the Lord can reach more people, and he's awakened the scribe for this time. And so that's I want you to say that again. Wait, wait. Okay. Apostle Teresa, I want you to go back just a little bit longer. Okay. Um, no, I, I want our writers to understand what she just said. She okay. she just said she gave you a little quote about the pricing for publishing now for those yes. books mm-hmm. that are on the inside of for you. For some of you all who are writers, you've been wanting to birth out a book and yes. you were concerned about money. She said God has opened up a portal, mm-hmm. a portal it's for a under, what you say, $5. For under five dollars, where people can publish books. I mean, a full book up to three hundred pages. There are many wow. avenues for doing this now because uh, the door is open. And, and again, this is the first time in the history of humanity, and I want to make that clear: the history of humanity that we have had the level of technology to give voice to the gospel the way we do today. And, you know, we, we can thank God for that because clearly he has opened this door despite what people think about technology, that the body of Christ is being called to rise up to, to supersede the negative. So we have to begin to move forward. Again, you know, television, radio, um, social media, these are major influences. And so we're living in a time in which scribes are being raised up to be able to influence in these arenas and in these areas. It's not just about recording some a prophecy somebody writes down, is, which is a part a lot. It's not about just you at home writing your journals and, and recording your dreams. It, 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 it begins there. But there's a whole world that exists beyond those initial acts of, of activating a scribal anointing in your life. And there are, there are all kinds of scribes. There are scribes that don't write. <laughs> I'll explain that a little bit. There are mm-hmm. scribes that um, instruct because scribal ministry, I'll take you back to the beginning. Um, I teach scribal ministry from the perspective of when it became a ministry in the, in the congregation, when God first blew his wind on it and said, I'm creating an order of scribes. So and that begins in Numbers 11. And if you have your Bibles, I want to show you that really quick. Um, go, to your, go to your Bibles. It's something you can study out. Anything that I share with you, I encourage you to study. Don't take my word for it. I love studying the word. It's my passion. More so than speaking, writing, or anything, I'm just a student. I often tell my husband, if you could just lock me up at the bottom of the library and give me access <laughs> to all the books, I, would, I could stay there forever. And I would just write, and I would publish, and I would read and write. I would become a living repository. 
Wow. I've I've said, Lord, make me a living repository. Make me an answer, a solution. Make me, uh, you know, if I'm an act for wisdom, I'm asking to be a historian. But I want to take you to Numbers 11, verse um, verse 14, 15. We all know this story. This is Moses crying out to God saying, you know, this burden of the people is too great. We know that God answered Moses' cry, but this is what we often don't realize. And this is what I'm going to challenge you to pull your Bibles out and look up on your own. It says this, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand with you there. And I'm going to stop there and then I'm going to skip down to another verse in a second. But I want to challenge you to explore what the word elders, leaders, and and officials mean. Do your Hebrew study. Do your background. And, I mean, just one look up of that word, and it will tell you that the elders, that the word officials, leaders, when you look, it goes back to one word, scribe. And it tells you that the Sanhedrin, which is what is being formed here, or the great council, was made up of three groups of people. One-third elders, that's what we're reading right now, Israel's elders. So all of these these people were elders, all of them. I want you to understand that. But what Moses had out of the 70 was elders, leaders, and officials. So um, history tells us, basic study of history, and this is what you want to do if you're going to study this out. What What was the makeup of the Sanhedrin? What was the makeup of the Great Council? If you look that up, it will tell you it was one-third elders, one-third priests, and one-third scribes. One-third scribes. So the original 70 that was set apart and ordained at the government of the church, the first time a government was put together as a body, of, as a body of a, an administrative body, a judicial body over the people, it consisted of elders, priests, and scribes. And if you go to Mark 15, verse 1, you'll hear... The writer of the book of Mark tells you that the the great council was called, and among them were elders, priests, and scribes. And that's simply validating this. And any Jewish history, any uh, uh, Western even understanding of this passage will tell you all the way back, even to Josephus, the the historian Josephus, that this is what the 70 was. So at the very first government, God put scribes at the helm. And so wow. there was a holy government that was ordained. But I want to, see you, want to show you this next statement, verse 17. It says, I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit. And that translation, I'm reading from the NIV, it's a poor translation of this particular verse. And what it should say here is, I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the Spirit that is on you, which is Holy Spirit, and I will put it on them. In other words, God is saying, I am about to ordain and set a government for myself. And I'm going to mm-hmm. set this government for myself to administrate my little nation of Israel. Because you've got to remember, it was just this one group of people at this time. It wasn't the whole world that's being ordained under the power of God. But he says, I will have them come to the tent of the meeting that they may stand with you there. God is calling scribes to come and stand with Moses. He's calling elders and priests. They were equal in the eyes of God. This is not arguable. This is factual. 
They served equally. They were ordained equally. They were set in office equally. And this was the first government ever put in place since the history of, of the Bible. And Christ said he carries the government on his shoulders. So I want to make sure that we understand the context of this because Christ was building the cornerstone of a new church. So he was building a new government. The government of the church rests on his shoulders. But here you have him in Numbers eleven sixteen. you have God saying, God is speaking. God himself, he's saying to Moses, have them come to the church that they may stand with you there, and I will come down, and I will speak with you there, and I will ordain them. I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you, and I will put it on them, and they will carry the burden of the people with you. One of the things that I like to tell scribes often is that your burden is not for yourself when it comes to your ministry. Your burden is for others. And that is something that we have lost and that we have missed, and it's caused the ministry of the scribe to be so divided. And people wonder sometimes, why now? Why are the scribes arising now? Well, I gave you the first reason. Technology has created a portal in which any man can walk through, regardless of wealth, regardless of influence, regardless of access. If you have a phone, you can publish. If you have a digital device, if you have the desire, you can go to a library, sit down on a computer, and put a whole book together just like mm-hmm. any technology. Come on, yes. So, it's, it's, so we hear people talking about prophetic writers, prophetic writers, because that's the first line, that's the front line of what is happening right now. But hopefully by the time we get done with this, this short teaching tonight, you'll, you'll be in stitches looking at all the different avenues that scribes walk in. Because initially, I want you to see something. I always tell those that I teach and those that I um, are a part of my team, I always tell them, don't just read the scripture, observe what is happening around them. Look at the environment. Study the history, what was taking place, what was really happening in the city, what was going on as, as the nomads, because they were kind of like clans traveling from one place to the next. So that was different from by the time you get to David where people were settling. So you got people that are pitching tents here and there as they move, but by the time you get to David, they're beginning to settle and build cities. And So what happened during this time? So you look at this. And and God says, I will come down. I want you to hear this. God said, I will come down. There are only two other instances in the entire, one other instance, two other instances in the whole Bible in which God came down. The second instance was when he came down in his chariot and he went before David in battle. The third and the final instance was when he manifested himself as Christ in the earth. So the yeah. only time, the first time God came, and I'm not talking about the Garden of Eden, we know that he came down and he walked through the garden, so you can count that as one. But this is in the fallen world. So I'm dealing with the three that I mentioned you, to you in that sense. This is in the fallen place after Adam and Eve had been cast out of the garden when he was building a community for himself outside of the garden. So we hear the Lord here. And he came down to establish his government. He left heaven and the earth. No matter what translation you look at, look at, no matter how you interpret and exegete that phrase, it's going to tell you that he came down face to face with Moses. And we know that because he has a precedent of speaking to Moses face to face. 
It's his normal interaction with Moses. So for him to come down, that's not unusual. So he promised him, and he said, I'm going to speak with you there, and I'm going to take up the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you. So what's happening here is that God is giving them a burden for the people. He's pouring the power of his spirit on them. He's allowing Moses to pick out the people who have his heart, and they're going to build the government of the church. So I'm going to skip all the way down because I want you to see this part. Um, let's see. I think it's verse 25, 20, 24. So okay. Moses went out and told the people, well, this is Numbers 11, verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of the elders and had them stand around the church, so to speak. Then the Lord mm-hmm. came down in a cloud and spoke with him as he promised. And he took the Holy Spirit, or some of the power of the Spirit that was already on Moses. God laid hands. We only see the land on the hands by God or by Christ himself through this type of impartation another time in the Scripture. We hear Christ when he was getting ready to set apart his disciples. He taught, he anointed, the Scripture says, Christ anointed them, and he gave them power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. That was the only other time in the Bible where we see an impartation of this kind of power, of this kind of authority. I'll say authority because that is the correct word here. So the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him, and he took some of the authority of the Spirit that was on him, and he put it on the 70 elders. God put it on them. God laid it on them. Moses did not lay hands on them. God did. So I want you to see this particular type of impartation that took place at the foundation of the government of the church. We all know that this is the first time in the history of the Bible that God established what we will come later to understand as the local church, what we will come later to recognize as God's encampment for his people to fellowship and to grow. And he did the same thing with the apostles in the New Covenant. He established a local church, and he called people to it, whatever that might look like in, in, in today's society. But I want you to know that it was God's will. So people argue Amen. that, but how the church looks is what I believe people argue with. I think that yes. that is the fight. And if we understand that that is the fight, we won't fight over the local church anymore. We'll fight over Amen. what people are doing to the local church. Yeah. So um, so we get to verse 25, and, and we hear this, and then listen to this. This is um, the 70 elders. Let me read this another way. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with Moses, and he took some of the power of the Spirit, which is the authority of Holy Spirit that was on Moses, and he put it on the, on the elders, the priests, and the scribes. I'm saying it like that because that's what the 70 elders were. See, all of the people were elders. Every last elders meaning mature in ministry, mature in mm-hmm. their household. They were already chiefs and officers over their over their um, clans or their or their groups. They were already overseeing authoritative things, and they all were in great relationship with Moses. But those elders had different functions. Some was priests, some were priests, um, some were scribes, some were functioning in the pastoral role, as we know today. But he said, listen to this, then God said when the Spirit rested on them, these scribes, 
I'm going to say that again. These scribes, I'm going to say it again. These scribes, these priests, and these elders prophesied. And then the scripture said, but they did not do so again. Now, I want to explain this because some people may take this in a negative way, but it's not negative. In the old covenant, the spirit did not rest on all men. Holy Spirit wasn't in the earth. Holy Spirit wasn't dwelling in the earthly realm. The Holy Spirit would come into the earth and come upon people as they needed him. The Holy Spirit would anoint and touch those that God chosen. In the old covenant, God said, I will have mercy on who I will have mercy on. In the new covenant, he says something different. I've had mercy on all humanity. So we have two different things going on. We have for God so loved the world in the new covenant. And in the old covenant, we had people getting struck down, lightning flashing, and we had a lot of stuff going on. But, but they got a covenant of grace in the new covenant. But in the old covenant, you know, some people got grace and some people got mercy. You know, and, and because we know that because of things that happen. So I'm only sharing that with you so I can explain this last part of oh, this yes. verse. The Lord was saying here, he, he understood that if he let the measure of the Spirit rest on them in the system of the church that he had in the old covenant, those people would have overthrown Moses. God had to keep his order in the, in the Old Covenant. In the Old Covenant, the ministry was hierarchical. You had the high priest. You had the priest. Then you had the other order in the, in, the, um, in the church. And so in that setting, but only certain people heard God in the Old Covenant. And only Moses heard God. Because I want you to just think about this for a minute. In all of, of the, in all of the nation, in all of the nation, in all of the nation, at that nation. time, only prophets and priests heard God. Hmm. Everybody else had to listen to what the prophets and priests were saying. There was no indwelling of the spirit for the people. There was only the prophet and the priest. So people mm-hmm. serve God by what they heard from the prophet and the priest. But in the new covenant, Holy Spirit dwells in the earth. And when we say yes to God, I believe, he fills anyone who says yes. And so the new covenant tells us to whom much is given, much is required. And so we have much more in the new covenant because we have the word, those who believe and those who have set, have set their hearts toward Christ those who believe have the indwelling of the Spirit at work in them all the time. They didn't have that in the Old Covenant. So I hope that part makes sense. So now we get back here to um, Numbers 11, verse 26. So God is saying, I'm going to give you just what you need so you can prophesy and have revelatory understanding on carrying Amen. the burden that I've given you to work with Moses. Amen. In the local congregation today, this is how we should see this. If you have a pastor, an apostle over the congregation, and you've decided I'm going to yield to that, then your role, then God is always going to speak to the visionary about his vision. And occasionally mm. he'll give those that are working with the visionary insight, but they will never have the vision because that vision is not for them. 
So this is similar to what God is doing here. God is saying, I'm trusting you to help Moses not overthrow him. (laughs) So God had to withdraw. He had to withdraw the constant pouring of the reservoir outside of their range of influence so that they would stay in their metro. And so there's more to this, but that's about all I can teach here. And one of the, one of the um, other things that I want to take you into the New Covenant, one thing that I do, a lot of the scribal history is rooted in the Old Covenant. And we have to dig out the history there. We have to dig out the principles there. We have to build from the foundations into the New Covenant. And I'm telling you, it's expensive. But it's going to bless you tonight when I tell you what a scribe really is. And I break down the different Amen. Options. And I'm going to challenge you to study it out and see if what I'm telling you is the truth because I don't want you to say, oh, she said this. That's not the Bible. I have, I have it all documented, and it's amazing. I'm a real Bible scholar, really a Bible scholar, history as well as um, the word and revelatory. Yes. So I want yes. you to hear this. I want you to go with me to Matthew 23. We all know that passage of Scripture. It's all the rebukes and woes. I want to show you something that most people miss because they only focus on the negative. I want to take you to Matthew 23. Um, When I first started doing scribal ministry, I've always kind of been the outcast. People have always seen me as odd because I don't really sit anywhere. But I'm okay with that. It's not a a point of um, strangeness for me anymore. I've gotten kind of used to it, but I know that there's going to come a day when God opens up this area of ministry so profoundly that, that people are going to be like, I understand now. But listen to this. From the beginning of, of, um, from the beginning of Matthew 23, verse 1, all the way down to, I guess, um, about Matthew 31, he is rebuking, correcting, aligning. He's dealing with a particular group of Pharisees and scribes. And at verse 33, Matthew 23, he, so we all know the woes. We all know that they were strategic in wreaking havoc. And there's a lot of havoc they caused in the Old Covenant, too. So not just the New Covenant, but scribes who got out of control and got out of alignment have been wreaking mm-hmm. havoc. But that's anybody. The same can be said with priests. The same can be said with kings. The same can be said with prophets. So, you know, and, I, and there's a lot of emphasis on scribes, but we see wayward people all through the body, all through the kingdom. But I want you to see this, because after Christ got through doing all of these rebukes, he gets to verse 33, and then he says this, you snakes, you brutal vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? And then verse 34, it says this, therefore I, Christ, now listen to this, Christ is the chief apostle, he is the chief cornerstone. He is everything. But listen to what he says. He says, therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. That's the, that's the interpretation of that in the NIV Bible. But in the original King James Bible, the one that we use from the original translation, the 1611 Bible, and when you look up that word teacher used right there, this is what it will say. It will say, therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and scribes. Mm. That's what that says. Study it yourself. I'm lying to you not. Some of them you will kill and some of them you will crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogue 
and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on the earth. Okay, so we hear that. But what's amazing about this is when Christ says, I'm sending, he is sending under a governmental apostolic mantle. Christ doesn't talk about sending anything unless he's establishing government, a new order. In that moment, he destroyed the Pharisees, and he destroyed the scribes as we understood it in the old covenant, and he set a new precedent. I'm going to show it to you in another place in the scripture. I'm not making this up. I'm not giving you anything revelatory. This is straight scripture. This is logo. I want to show you Matthew 13, 52. If you study it out without any revelation, you will come to the same conclusion that I have. Matthew 13, 52, it says this. This is Christ. It says, Christ said to them, therefore, every scribe, who has become, let me read this in my favorite version of the Bible. I'm sorry, one of my favorite versions. I'm going to read it in Hebrew. I want you to um, hear this. It said, so, so then every Torah teacher, which is a scribe, who has been made into a disciple in the kingdom of heaven, it's like the owner of a house who brings out yes. of his storeroom things new, bring out of his storeroom new treasures as well as the old meaning the ancient of days. In other words, he's saying, therefore every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who is revelatory, able to tap into the heavenly storehouse things new as well as old, meaning fresh revelation as well as revelation from the ancient of days. Yes, fresh revelation. When I broke exactly fresh new, for whoever, you know, I always tell people, it's true. There's nothing new that God is doing. And I love, I love talking about that because the scribes that I'm talking about in the Bible were already operating under the scribal anointing, which I'm talking to you about now. They have already known their role, and they've understood their time. They understood their seasons. They knew what they were called to do. We're being reintroduced to something that has been lost in our culture. And our academic systems have been instrumental in helping us separate this particular office. But I remember praying and asking the Lord one time some years ago, I said, Lord, why is nobody aware? Why are people not looking at this ministry? When I was doing this years ago, I mean, I would just be laughed at, really. And, uh, you know, I'm just telling you the truth. And I'm glad I was not, I'm not, I'm a bulldog in the spirit, so to speak. So things like that don't stop me. I'm, I'm real. Like, you tell me I can't do something, and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And that's right. just how I am. And so Matthew 13, 62, this is what it was when I did my own breakdown and my own translation of the scripture. Going through the Greek, going through the Aramaic, going through all of this, this is what the Lord gave me. I'm going to read Matthew 13, 52. And the places where the words have been changed, they're not changed. They're the actual definitions of those words in context. So um, here it is. It says, it says, therefore, every writer, secretary, or recorder who has become a disciple to follow God's precepts and instructions concerning the heart and mind of God is like a master of the house or its owner who leads out or brings forth of his kingly regal storehouse things uncommon of a new kind or fresh and from ancient of days. 
That is what that passage of scripture means. Now, wow. This is the part. Now, I want to wow. I know, I know, listen, this, this part is going to be crazy because Matthew 13, 52 is a parable. I did a Bible study about 15 years ago. In this Bible study, I wanted to know if Christ did say everything that God said. Because people would mm-hmm. say, well, Christ said everything God said. So I, everything that was in red letter, I found it in the Old Covenant. Just doing okay. a basic Bible study. And, and I was shocked because I was just doing that to prove God to myself. It wasn't for anybody. And that's how I stumbled on this exact scripture in the Old Covenant. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. In the book of Ezra, in the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 6, I want you to listen to this. It says, Ezra was, was a skilled, trained scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord of God Israel had, of the Lord God of Israel had given him. And then it says in Ezra 7 and 12, as you, you can put those together and read all of it, it says, Ezra was a priest and a scribe of the law of God in heaven. And that passage of scripture from Ezra 7 to Ezra 12, it talks about how Ezra was instructed in the kingdom of God and how God called him a scribe and how God appointed him for the work of a scribe in the kingdom. It amazed me. And and Christ literally was quoting and literally referencing the life of Ezra. So I began to study Ezra's life and study who Ezra was in Jewish history and uh, reading the Jewish, you know, commentaries and and things Mm -hmm. that they have. And I learned that Ezra was a priest, Ezra was a scribe, Ezra was a teacher, Ezra was, um, he reinstituted the, the laws, he began to duplicate teachers, he made educators, because he lived in a time when the children of Israel had been exiled. And so he wanted to bring the people back to their homeland. And when he brought them back, he began to remind them and teach them of the statutes. A lot of pastors talk about how he built a pulpit and he stood on top of it and began to read the word, stood behind it, and began to read the word verbatim to the people of God. But this is what blew me away. I found out in the midst of my study, and I can give you, well, I have a lot of books, but in one of my books I have references to where I get all of the information I'm sharing you from. So you can study it out academically and you can study it out scripturally. But this is what blessed me more than anything. The scripture tells us, well, the, the, the history of the Jews, the, the, the history of Flavius Josephus, if you've ever read any of his, his um, complete works of Flavius Josephus, a Jewish historian, he tells us that Ezra was considered, uh, a, he was the scribe responsible for making sure that the people of God reinstituted the word of God back into their society after they had been lost in exile. He was the one who ordered the feast. He was the one, and and this blesses me because, listen to this, Ezra was a master organizer. One of the gifts of a scribe is administration. Who do you think were the people who kept the genealogical records? Who were the people who planned the feast? Who were the people who counted the, the cows and the families and the, and the chickens and everything else that came out of Egypt with Moses? Who was the people that kept a record of every child that was born and every person who died? Who was responsible for copying the word of God, 
the first um, ministry of the scribe was not writing, but it was copying and recording the work of God. And, and, and how can I say this? How is it not writing? Because the Hebrew language, ancient Hebrew, was symbol. It was not letters. It, it was symbol, character. The language came later. People were reading from pictures. So the first symbols, and you know, when Moses wrote those uh, engraved, Moses engraved the letters on those sapphire stones. It wasn't cement rocks that Moses wrote on. Moses wrote on sapphire. And so a lot of people have taught that those are stones, but I've learned through research that Moses wrote on the same material that was in the throne room of God. And it makes sense oh, to me yeah. because I've never seen God do anything that wasn't extravagant. And why would he put some raggedy stones inside the Ark of the Covenant? The, te the testimony wouldn't have been able to fit if it was two giant bricks. Mm. There's no way it would have gotten in there. Just research it on your own. It will bless you. It will bless you. It will bless you. Sapphire stones. And if you know anything about sapphire, when you read the book of Revelation, when you read about the stones of the tribe, when you begin to study these things, the, the sapphire stone was under the floor of the throne room. It was where God laid his feet. And that's what Moses inscribed, that God would walk on sapphire stone with his finger. And then after Moses broke the stone, the, um, the tablet, he had to rewrite it. Moses had to engrave. He was chiseling because there was no ink. He wasn't using pen. He wasn't using paper. He was chiseling. So this chiseling. is the art connection. This is the engraving. When you see words like inscribed inscription. It means to be dug out. It's a labor. It's manual labor with your hands. So Nothing those easy. days that Moses went without eating, that Moses went without food, and, and when Moses was up there in the presence of God, he was working with a chisel. Wow. Mm -hmm. Digging out the mm -hmm. word of God. Woof. It's, it's, it's <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. You all, if you understand what you have received, just just that that little portion, the foundation was massive amount of uh, information and foundation that she has shared with you. I hope that you we're not done quite yet. I just, that I just wanted her to be able to really show you the. Uh, it's so in it's so in depth. You know this amazing gift to the body of Christ to be able to be a scribe and to know that it's, it's not to uh, belittle by any stretch of the imagination the anointing of a scribal writer. And I do want to ask you, because of some of the scripture that you were sharing, um, especially the last one in Matthew 13, um, talking about, um, you know, pretty much being a disciple, I want to ask you for some of the listeners, you know, who, who may say, well, you know, 
I believe I'm anointed, and I don't believe that I need to be a disciple of Christ to be able to receive a scribal anointing. What would your, um, you know, what would you have to say to that question? I would say that, um, I would say that, this is what I always say. I, actually, I was talking about that with somebody today. But the, we all know that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. I mean, you know, we, we know really, we can, we can look around us and we, we're sitting in a chair that somebody made. We're using an mm-hmm. iPhone from a man who didn't even believe in God. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, you know we, mm-hmm. we, we use technology and we spend thousands of dollars in technology, and, you know, and then next year we decide because somebody got a Christmas tree in their yard. I don't understand it, but because, mm-hmm. of, I mean, because everything around us, just, in, in, just participating in culture as a whole, we're always has our, we always have our hand on something idolatrous in that sense of the word. But this is, this is the beauty of it. A person who is operating in the gift outside of the, outside of the Lord, they're missing his authority. They're missing, they're missing his, his power. They're missing the opportunity yes. to grow in that gift in a way that will impact the kingdom of God and transform nations, transform yes. support for the body of Christ. They're missing the, the, they're missing the Holy Spirit dimension of that calling. So if they're doing this outside of a place of discipleship, they're limiting their own growth. They're limiting oh, as much God. of an expert as they think they are, as much of a, a powerhouse that they believe they have become. <laughs> it's only a, a fraction of the power that they will have under the, under the on, yes. and instruction of the Holy Spirit. And I'll go as far as to say that people who, if you, when we become unteachable and we're unwilling to know that there's more to what we do, even I like to sit and be taught. I don't know everything about a scribe. I understand the foundation, but there are so many different areas opening up. I sit under the people I've taught because they're opening up new regions, new doors. We have to be willing to recognize I don't know everything. I don't know everything. So if you, wherever your lid is, you will all, you cannot teach or expand revelation beyond what you believe. You mm. have to be willing to say, God, I want to, wherever your level of belief is, let that become your floor. Whatever your level of grace is, yes. Yes, let that become your floor and build upon it because there is more. That is good. That's good. There's always more to your present revelation. There's always more to whatever you, and let me give you a real simple example. Years ago, when I first came to Christ, I understood what I understood as a baby. I can't even relate to what I understood as a baby today because I've grown from that place of grace when I was first saved. And so whatever I know today, whatever revelation I'm believing today, if I continue to advance in God in 20 years when I am 60 or whatever, we are going to be in a place where we can, we can say, oh, my God, if this is where I was then, what do I have to look forward into in another 20 to 30 years? So that's how we have to see that. We always have to be mm-hmm. in a place of growing. I'm very slow now. Of course, we're discerning. We want to always know the truth from a lie. 
We want to always be able to recognize the voice of God from the voice of the adversary. We always want to know, um, we always want to be able to separate good from evil. But when it comes to certain things, we have to be careful not to throw a wrench in it until we have searched it out in the spirit for ourselves. And to, and really says, Lord, is this you or is this something some man is coming up with that has no validity? Because God promises us that whatever he does will last and whatever men do will burn up. So we have mm. to look at what's lasting after we're gone. This tribal ministry has been around since the foundation with God being the first God. Amen. Is the first man. <laughs> So why Amen. would God kill a ministry that he initiated and laid hands on? Come on, yes. Out? It was meant for this time. We're in the season of the sky. Just like there was a season for the apostles, just like there was a season for the evangelists, just like there was a season for the prophets, just like there was a season for missions and missionary work and tent revivals, he's still awakening us. And I wanted to share this. I know time is winding up. But for those who are on mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. if you go through your Bible, look up words like clerk, secretary, recorder. Wait, wait, wait. I, I want you to do me a favor. Hold on, Apostle. Yes. You're moving fast. Yes. I want, I yes, want them yes, to yes. be able to get their, their – I, I already hope that you all came to this teaching, this impartation with – pen and paper, but if you have not, we're going to give you about 10, 15 seconds to go get it so you can write down these, uh, these words that she wants you to look out for, you know, in, in your, in your uh, reading and in your, in your learning. Um, so we're going to give them about maybe 10 seconds just to go and get uh, okay. paper and pen. Yeah. Cause I, I, I want them. I get really excited. Woo. I, you, woo. <laughs> a firehouse, I'm telling you. And are you talking, you you talking Bible. I mean, your whole you can tell your life is that way, and, and so that's why it's so mm-hmm. easy and so passionate. That's what I love about you is that you're not, you know, because you get people who can quote scripture all day long, and there's no passion, right? There's no there's no revelation, there's no power. But when you deliver God's message, you know, when you speak into His people, you deliver with so much passion and so much power that you make people excited to go run to the word of God, you know, and thank God for the anointing that he's given you. Make them want to go run to his word. Amen. Amen. And we know that God uses his power to inspire his word to come alive by the way of the Holy Spirit, you know, and I thank God that you were obedient to the call, you know, to the call of this wonderful mandate that he is placed upon your life. Ooh, I got chill bumps. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Woo! Okay, come on now. We ready? Yes. Okay, so go ahead. We got pen and paper. Okay. Thank you. You have blessed me so much. No, you have blessed me. You know, we have to realize that God is revealing himself to us in ways that he has not, that were not open to the generation before. Mm, mm, but it's mm. not because anything was wrong with the generation before. It was that technology and the changing of, the Bible says, watch the sky. And so we have to really begin to look at what's happening in the world. Sometimes people think I'm a little weird. 
And I'll say, wow, they're coming out with new technology left and right. It's time to access new technology in the realm of the spirit. How are we going to do Well, most, most prophets are weird in? anyway. <laughs> We're a little strange at times. Really and that's all right. We, we are a wonder, yeah, a wonderful, peculiar type of people. Yes, we are. And so I mean, yes, ma'am. Get your Bible. If you have your Bible, look up the word clerk. In the scriptures and put every word you can find, every scripture concerning clerk. Look up the word secretary. Look up the word recorder. Look up the word. Kyle, you 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 you, you go go there. you going fast. You going fast. Clergy okay. secretary. Clerk secretary recorder. Okay. Advocate judge copyist. I'm just giving you a few. And this, yes. is, this is maybe some good homework for you. Look them up. Get a get, get a real um, translation of the Bible, not a you know not a paraphrase. Get get kind of a standard word for word translation of the Bible where you can really study. Nothing's wrong with your paraphrase Bible, women's Bibles, or any of that. But sometimes you can't really study with those because the language has been changed, and so you can't correspond them with with Strong's or with other um, language translations of the Bible. But listen mm-hmm. to this. Every function that I name is another word for scribe. Wow. So another. Look up treasurer. Treasurer. Look up money changer. These are all different words for scribe in Hebrew and Aramaic. <laughs> it's just different words. Now, this is the other thing I want you to observe. When you look up these words in the scripture, read what is happening around the word. You'll hear something like, and, and the recorder, and God told the recorder to remove the name of Abimelech from the book. I want you to look at what they're doing. So this scribe is erasing somebody's name out of the lineage of the Hebrew people Oh, wow. What was that job function? If the Lord says to you, um, um, let's see, who is that in the world? I know one, I can't think of it right now, but you all may. One of the disciples was a treasurer. Oh, my God. And he counted the money. Oh, wow. Well, let me look at what that looks like. What what was he doing with Christ? What was he doing? How was he doing (laughs) that? And so you, you go to realize, oh, my God. He was a professional that was trained. You thought like Paul, mm-hmm. the scripture tells us that Paul was um, a Pharisee and a scribe. I look that up, you know, look it up, and you look at the conversation around that, and it says something about a dude named Daniel. Who was he? Daniel was a master scribe that Paul studied under, and that's how I began to uncover that there was a history of scribe school. In the Bible, scrolls of the scribes, scrolls. Scrolls. Then I'm digging around, and I'm like, scroll of the scribes, chamber of the scribes. Oh, my God, there's a chamber of the scribes. And it was called the chamber of the scribes, the secretary's room, the secretary's chamber. The more research I did, I realized that that was a bedroom in the, in, in the, um, in the kingdom, wherever you had a king, the king had a boardroom, and the boardroom was called the chamber of the scribe. 
and inside the chamber of the flock, uh-huh. they archived the king's records. They had board meetings. They wrote out treaties. And I'm sharing this with you because this is why. Listen to this. The role of the clerk. The clerk in the Bible, if you identify the clerk, look at the function of the clerk in the Bible, wherever you see the word recorded, and it will tell you they recorded laws and decrees and they read them in public. The clerk taught people how to read. The clerk interpreted the law and he understood the law. The clerk was responsible for recording genealogy. The clerk was responsible for counting mm-hmm. money in the treasury. The clerk was responsible for keeping financial records. All of these administrative tasks were just the role of one field in the Bible, and that was called the clerk, <laughs> who was a scribe. Who was a scribe. So, if you are naturally good at money, if you are innately good at keeping records and teaching others to read and you like putting policies and procedures together, today this is what that looks like due to technology, due to um, advancement of education, due to academic disciplines rising and teaching people in their craft, due to entrepreneurship. This is what the clerk would look like today, an accountant a CPA, a publican, a genealogist, a bookkeeper, a speaker, an orator, a librarian, an archivist, a historian, a teacher, an educator. Every function that I just named in the 21st century functioned under the office of the clerk with the technology they had at the time in the earth. You want to see libraries built, study the reign of King David. And you will meet scribes who helped build an archival system in the Book of Chronicles. It's listed that these scribes built libraries for King David and kept records. I'm not making this stuff up. It is in the Bible. It is in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I don't, I don't, I don't have to make it up. This is not some revelation I'm putting right. on. Right, you have I'm nothing you have nothing to gain by that. Amen. Nothing. Amen. Nothing. I'm gonna read one more and then I'm gonna probably all the time that I have. I'm gonna have I'm gonna read one more to you that I think will bless you. I'm gonna Amen. tell you this real quick. A recorder and a writer are two different things. And if you can look this up on your own, um, read just the definition of it. A writer is someone who puts down ideas and content for comprehension. They write so that you will understand. So the whole purpose of a writer is understanding. So um, the purpose of a recorder is to document as an evidence, mm-hmm. to make a list, to compile. So if I make a grocery list, there's no comprehension. You just know it's a list to get eggs, butter, some meat, some beans. You, you know that it's a list, and, oh, that looks like a grocery list. But you can't draw any conclusion from that up as an other if somebody's making a list that they've got to go shopping or somebody's making a list about things that they're going to use to bake a dish. But there's no comprehension there. But if I write to you, I'm writing, Dear John, I need you to go to the store tomorrow night and buy some eggs and buy some chicken and buy this because we're, that's, you're comprehending that. That's a one yes. to list. And so some people operate as a recorder and they would confuse it with writing. With a writer. Okay. 
Wow. And so we have I mean, to that, that's good. We have to, because some people are assigned to the dream realm as recorders, not writers. I know I dropped the bomb. But a lot of people think they're writing their dreams. No, they're, they're doing the act of writing it down, but they're really governmental recorders. You're writing it down. Habakkuk is the perfect example of that. Well, no, Habakkuk was a writer. Who did the recording? Yes. Um, we have some people who recorded their dreams and some people who wrote their dreams for comprehension purposes. But there are, there are two different types of things happening in the dream realm. One of the things that I like to highlight, have you ever seen people in your church that the pastor preaching and they're constantly taking notes? Mm-hmm. They can't control themselves. They're constantly taking notes. And, I, and I'm like, well, I ask people, what are you doing with that? I don't know. I just feel compelled. And I say, go deeper. Go deeper. When they go deeper under mentorship and on, with understanding, they realize that they're not just taking notes. They're probably assigned to that pastor as described. They're probably able to pick up on the main things the pastor is teaching in the church to help them formulate documents and build a repository in that church. They're probably the ones that can catch the phrases that matter, the hooks and the words that need to be mm-hmm. dragged out. They're probably assigned to ascribe a mantle inside that congregation. Wait, say that again. They're probably assigned. They're probably assigned to a scribal mantle. Somebody scribal assignment, Mm -hmm, not mantle, mm -hmm, inside mm -hmm, the church. mm -hmm. But Mm. all we do is the surface part because nobody has taught us. Masses. In my own ministry, for example, I have people around me that are into film and they're into um, production. And I can do those things, but I don't like to do them. I do them out of necessity, not out of a passion. It's a passion for them. And I'll never forget one young lady, and she's with me now. She has blessed my life more than I can ever say. And she came and she said, listen, I'm supposed to document for you. I'm supposed to take all the stuff that you're doing and put it in this because you don't have time for it. And I was, like, resisting that at first. And so... Eventually, she started helping me, and what she does for me is greater than anything that I could have done because for now, while she's with me, that is her assignment. And she does it with ease and without effort. There's no contention because it is her calling. And there's no burden. And I was yes. able to receive that. And now we have a, she's even planning how to build a team around what she's doing. So God is building Amen. a scribal company of of that area right within my church. But most Amazing. don't know that their media ministry is a scribal company. Mm. There's a type of scribal company. The church administrator has a different type of company. They have an administrative company. The creative team may have a bunch of writers and they may have a bunch of poets. You have to look at that. That could be a company forming. A company of writers. So I mean, it's, 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 we're we going to have to do a part two. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much. It, it's just so, it's, it's too much. It's, it's too much. It's exciting, but it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, they, to know the history and to even to understand what's connected to this anointing and this mantle is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. 
because the, the, the other thing is their degrees, just like there's a prophetic gift, uh, uh, the gift of prophecy, and then you oh my have gosh. the office of the prophet. <laughs> the same thing exists with the scribes. So it's so much. Because it is it's so much, and I know it's overwhelming, it's, but when we have our conferences, four days don't even do us justice. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the conferences, the workshops, and in fact, I, I want you to be able, yeah, because I, I want you to understand, uh, listeners, tonight, uh, men and women of God, the th- this was valuable, valuable stuff. And I, I do want to open up the phone lines as well. Um, if we have any callers on the line who have a question, and um, or even if you have any prayer requests, um, this is an opportunity for you to do so. If you would, star six on your phones. Um, this is an opportunity. Um, we're going to, I'm not sure, we, we'll, we'll see how, you know, the flow of any questions that may come. But please do not hesitate. This is a wonderful opportunity for you to ask any questions, to make a comment, um, or even any prayer requests that you may have. Star Six at this time. Star six. And you do not have to identify yourself if you do not want to. Amen. So um, this is a safe environment. Uh, so anything that you may want to um, ask. Um, or, you know, would like to um, have us pray with you, you know, know that um, the airways have already been cleared. We've already went before God, and, and everything is, 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 is clear. And we just, you know, allow for the Holy Spirit to come in and, and just penetrate and saturate, you know, every portal that he's opened up for us. And we, and we close every demonic portal, you know, that has tried to even uh, invade. Amen. There's no access tonight. There's no access, not even only tonight. We just got to declare that there's no access. We, we revoke the access of the enemy into any portals that God has already opened up for us. You know, and all we have to do is know that it, it's open, and so that all you have to do is tap and move into it. Amen? Star six, don't miss the opportunity to be able to ask the woman of God a question. And as we're waiting to see if anyone has anything, is there, amen? Go right ahead. There's a question. Go ahead. Hey, this is Heather Patero. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you guys? (laughs) Yes, it was good to hear you speak tonight. I've, I've missed both of you very much. Um, I, awesome. I think it's so important, your work that you do, Teresa, because I think one of the things that I love um, reading about and all the things that you post on, on social media and the, the ministry that you have is that you help give people identity and you help them come into themselves and, and yeah. understand why that certain things are 
happening and why they feel certain ways and maybe why they feel differently than others there around. And I think that's why it's so important the ministry that you do because so many people have found their identity in the Lord and, and mm-hmm. why things are the way that they are. And I, so I just I want to thank you for the work that you do for those of us that are mm-hmm. creative. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. Thank that you. is awesome. You Amen. Too. Thank you too. <laughs> yeah. We and we thank God for the gifting that is on the inside of you as well, Heather, and sharing it with, mm-hmm. you know, you all. If you haven't connected to Heather, you she's she's Miss mm-hmm. Vocalist, anointed and 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 fun. You we you guys will get to know who Heather is if you if you don't know, you will get to know who she is. But that is absolutely a blessing. And and you write a lot of your music, Heather. Yes, I do. Amen. Amen. Led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, sure. And if you don't have people believing in you like Teresa and and how they understand the scribe and how they understand those creative tendencies, I mean, the the thing is, is that surrounding yourself with others who share those same gifts give you encouragement and doesn't make you feel like a weirdo and that you know, have how do I deal with this? And people don't understand me. Uh, and and I think uh, the ha- surrounding yourself with those that truly understand your heart and why your heart beats the way that it does and understand why right. your calling is the way that it is is really super, super important mm-hmm. because even though there are scribes, everybody has their own unique purpose and their own unique yes. purpose yes, in that scribal calling. So important. And yes, it is. And so, and that's another thing I love about Teresa's ministry is that God has given her a very unique vision to be able to see scribes that are that have even different purposes within the calling. Of yeah. And so, you know, it's really, it's, to me, it's comforting. You know, it's like when I when I first met her, I was like, "Where have you been all my life?" <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> it's important to have those people in your life. Because not everybody it, gets you, and not everybody understands you, and you know just thinks that you're different or whatever. And and it is different, but it's also um, a very high calling, not to be taken lightly as well. Yes. And I think some people, because they don't realize about their identity, and that's why I love what Teresa's ministry mm-hmm. does, is she helps identify those people, helps them identify those gifts within themselves, or even nurture those gifts that maybe they've been putting on hold for a long time because they didn't know what to do with it. And sometimes we don't always know what to do with the gifts we've been given, or we don't come fully into the fullness of those gifts because we either blame it on financial reasons or we blame it mm-hmm. on uh, time reasons. There's always an excuse of why people uh, don't mm-hmm. come into the fullness of their gifts. And um, so, I, I, Teresa, thank you for all the, all the things that you've done to encourage You're others. Awesome. Because wa- watching you encourage others encourages me because I'm an encourager as well. And I think when we encourage one another, it it and we see people come into the fullness of who they are and the potential of who they are, and whether it be brain work or heart work, it all is for the glory of the Lord, and it's just a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. I believe, yes. I was just going to add that I believe that a lot of our healing is tied to walking out our calling and our purpose. And that when mm-hmm. gifts lie dormant on the inside of us, we're denying ourselves the level of breakthrough and release in our lives that won't come any other way than through obedience and the calling that's upon us. And I base mm-hmm. that on simple things like a psalmist would tell you they break through in their healing by singing the songs that the Lord gives them. A, a, a musician will tell you that all they have to do is sit at the keyboard and do what they're called to do, and God just enters in and heals them. And I believe the same is true for all gifts, but especially the gift of the scribe. And I see so much stagnation, people that have had books and things on the inside of them, people that have plays they should have done 15 years ago, people that have businesses and entrepreneurial things that are scribal, and they haven't started because they don't see it in the same light as they see other giftings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the wow. and the thing is, is when we make excuses about why we can't fulfill that purpose, we'll always feel that longing mm-hmm. inside. There'll always be something mm-hmm. not quite right. There'll be something not, you know, we, we just feel like there's something missing from our lives. And that's why it's important to recognize those callings and those purposes and those gifts inside of us. And, mm-hmm. you know, I teach voice and piano, and part of what I see, because I, I teach a lot of adult students, is, you know, they they say, well, you know, I wish I'd done this when I was a kid or I wish I'd stuck with it when I was a kid. And I said, but you're doing it now. You know, I mean, the right. calling and purpose mm-hmm. has no time limit. And, and at least until, no, you, you know, until you're not breathing on this side of eternity, <laughs> there's no there's no time. There's no there's no time limit on it, and and I believe that's why many people, especially now, I think people are living longer, and I think people are starting to realize that fifty. Mhm. Well, I'm not sure what just happened. Hello. Neither. Neither. Yeah, so I think that I, we. I love it, to. See. Oh. I love to see people come into themselves, you know, especially even when they're older. And I think part of that scribal calling, I mean, I, I talked to a lady recently who said she was going to start writing a book. And she says, you know, I just don't know if I'm, if I'm, I'm, I'm too old. And I was like, never too old. You know, my oldest student is 70 years old. It's never too late. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Never. Yeah. As it's long as there is breath still on the inside. Oh, yeah. It's never yeah, too late long. to learn to serve God well. You know, mm-hmm. and as I long as you're breathing, it's never too late. Amen? Amen, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, thank you, ladies, for the, the chat and no. for both of your ministries and the work that you're doing to make a difference. Amen. Well, we thank God for you, and that's just just an awesome compliment and it's so beautiful for, um, you know, women um, of God to be able to uh, – you know, thank another woman, you know, for, you know, what they have received through their ministry and how God has used them effectively. You know, it's it's just important. Um, it's important that we 
obtain, you know, that what is available to us, and especially when someone is compassionate to share it with you, you know, and, and there was something that Heather was saying, a lot of the things that she was saying basically is that you give people the freedom when they come, you know, in, into your ministry, you know, however you're mentoring them or, um, you know, um, getting them to a, a place of understanding their gifting, that you're not trying to make a carbon copy of Teresa, but you're allowing mm-hmm, for them mm-hmm. to understand what you have learned through your journey mm-hmm. and what, you know, what Holy Spirit has given you so that people can, you know, mm-hmm. tap into who they are but not be a carbon copy of who you are. And so that's a blessing. That's a blessing. And we have another, we have another um, caller. Um, your last four digits is 0224. You are now on the line. Thank you again, Heather. Thank you. Welcome. Your last four uh, digits are 0224. Oh, hello. How are you? Hey, how are you? We can hear you. Okay. I just wanted to say that was a lot of information. Uh, It was very overwhelming in in a sense. Um, I want to say that Apostle Apostle Paul, couldn't you look at him as being a a scribal because um, he was influenced by the Holy Spirit and gave a lot of instructions? To the church, he was. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. Um, he was a scribe, and you, you can you know he's a scribe because in the and I'm, I'm, I apologize for being a lot of information and overwhelming, and um, but hopefully you'll be able to go back and listen and pick it apart. Um, but he there's an actual scripture that tells you that he was a that he was um, brought up under the prophet Gamiel. I mean, not the prophet, but the scribe Gamiel who was over um, one of the rabbinical schools of that time, and he was trained as a Pharisee. He was taught to be that, and so he was a scribe. Yeah. And he okay. was um, profound, so that he's one, but there are others, too, in the New Covenant. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Okay. And definitely from... Woman of God, you know, we will have the callback available to you so you can go back and, you know, uh, fast forward. You can pause. You can, you know, rewind um, so that way you can get, you know, all scriptures that were shared on tonight and, you know, just the teaching that was um, delivered as well. Um, so I just wanted to put that information out there. So, um, you know, for those who want to, um, and I, I would recommend for for all the listeners, including myself, that we do go back, you know, and um, get some of that valuable information as well. Amen. So I have an idea what a scribe is. I, I think I probably um, probably had considered myself a scribe at one at one point at a period of time, probably years ago, and um, I know being a scribal or a scribe, it seems like it takes a lot of consecration and just um, spending time with God and um, just 
often being to yourself. Because it's like, is this the unction of the Holy Spirit just speaking through you mm-hmm. to put things down on paper and, you know, just giving you that revelation? Because um, mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced that um, many years ago where the Holy Spirit will just uh, talk to me and will tell me to write stuff down. But I never knew what it was. And I actually lost all of that, all of those um, the notebooks where I used to write stuff down in it from just moving from place to place, and I actually lost all that information. But sometimes it's like you would be washing dishes, and he'll just speak. You know, the Holy <laughs> Spirit would just speak, and you'd be like, oh, let me hurry and write that down. You know, be like, write this wow. down. Or sometimes you'll go to a restaurant by yourself. Sometimes the Holy Spirit would uh, instruct me to go to a Wendy's or something like that, and I would probably just sit down and have some chili, and it was like, he will begin to to speak through me and and have me to write things down. I don't know if you had that encounter. Those uh, all the time, especially watching okay. especially yeah. watching <laughs> and, okay. um, you know, so that's the, the thing. It always happened in the kitchen. Bullshit. Have you noticed that it it's always happens in the kitchen? Mhm. Oh, okay. Especially when I think it happens that way for me because. Sometimes that's the only time where I'm not thinking about, I'm focusing on washing the dishes and I don't have a whole lot of other stuff going through my mind. And I can, you're kind of concentrating on the task at hand and God just starts speaking. But I also believe the water plays a role in that also. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, but sometimes because. Oh, that's symbolic right there. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's symbolic right there, what you just said. God bless you. You too. You too. Mm. Was there another question that you had before you get off? Was there another question you had? I know we do have a another person on the line, but I wanted to, while you were still um, on the line, caller, you you had another question that you or something you wanted to mention to um, Apostle no, Teresa at this time. Okay. No, I don't. Well, God bless you. Thank you for sharing that. You continue to be obedient as God has given it to you. Okay. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Our next question is coming from the last four digits of 1714. 1714. We welcome you on the line. Hi. Um, I, um, I had a question which was um, like a few minutes ago you guys were talking and um, someone was saying about a feeling that you get, like, you know, this feeling that you get like something's missing. And, like, um, I get those feelings a lot, but it's like when I get those feelings and then, you know, I try to run back for help, to me it seems as though, like, um, my problems get worse. Well, not worse, but it just seems like, a, like I have to, like I have to take a toll over everything. Like I feel like not only am I trying to get myself together for me, but as well as like everything that has happened in the past with my family and stuff. And so sometimes I feel like my conscience it, it eats me up a lot because it's things that I know that I'm not doing right, that I know that I need to be doing better with myself or, you know, it's just certain certain times where I feel 
like I just feel like something is missing or I don't feel happy or I just have this weird feeling inside that I can't shake off. But it's like the moment I try to run to God for help, I feel like I get angry because I don't know how to really explain it, but, like, I get really angry because it's like, I want to do it. Like I want to, I want to do better for myself. I want to, I know, I want to walk the right way. But at the same time, like I have all of these thoughts, and it's you know sometimes it it becomes hard, and then I feel like I'm not strong enough, and then it just makes me angry because it's like no matter what I do, I always that feeling always comes back, and so it's like. I know that I really, really, really want God's help, but sometimes I get disappointed and angry at myself because it's like sometimes I feel like my flesh is taking over on how I feel really inside, but then I start thinking maybe not because I always get this feeling that brings me back to where I need to be, but it's just hard. And, you know, mm-hmm. and another thing is I wanted to pray. I wanted to ask for prayer with double-mindedness and ask for prayer with prosperity because it's hard. And, like, I really want to do better, but it's hard. It's just hard. Yeah. It makes me mad at myself. It just makes me so mad at myself and mad at the world because I know I can do better, but I'm not. And it's like the feeling won't go away. The feelings that I have inside, it won't go anywhere. And it's like I'm walking around scared, living in fear and just scared because I know I'm not living right. And I want mm. to I want to live right. It's just hard. And I don't really okay. know how to explain it. Hmm. There's a lot of, so there's a, you know, a lot of um, layers to um, this call with you. Um, And Mm -hmm. one thing that you said, you said every time you feel like you want to do right, you know, your flesh, I want you to know that that is absolutely not unusual. That is common that our flesh and our spirit are at war with one another constantly. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, So... We will um, lift you up in prayer. Um, I'm going to have Apostle Teresa to um, pray with you all and pray with you. And if our listeners tonight, um, if you would, um, this is a call for intercessory right now, um, that you would um, help intercede as uh, Apostle Teresa is praying for um, our caller on tonight. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. I do. Can I ask two questions? Um, to the young lady, can I ask a couple? Yes, questions? absolutely. And then, I just real quick: Are you connected to a ministry? Yes. Okay. Um, are you able to get counsel through that ministry? Yes. Okay. I'm going to pray with you, but I, I just wanted to make sure because I believe that um, um, just like um, Prophet was sharing, that there's a process. What you're going through is not unusual at all, but as you walk through that process, you need someone to hold up your arms through the process. 
that you can get through this. I just want to make sure that there's accountability and that you understand that this is a journey. It can be a journey and a process. So um, just want to say that before before I go into prayer. Amen. Okay. And, and just make sure that whoever your leaders are, that they are aware and that um, where you are right now, it's very important that you don't keep that from them, that they can be a part of that process in helping you. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank Hallelujah, you. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah, Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Glory to your name, God. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we just lift up your daughter right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare by the power of the living God that she has the mind of Christ, Father, that you move through her as, Lord, you have declared, that we declare that the, the work of your, of your ministry is happening on the inside of her. In her heart, we come against condemnation. We come against the, the constant building and living in the, and dwelling in the past and looking at things that are wrong. Father, we declare by the power of God that you will bring healing to her heart from the past things that have happened to her, whether her mind will line up with your will for her, God, that you will blow your love on her so strong that she will feel your presence, God. But I thank you that she will not move in her own strength. I, I hear this for you that, you, that you can't fix yourself that you can't make this right, that Christ has already done it for you, and he wants you to lean into him and let him walk this process out with you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are um, dealing with her heart, Father, that you are dealing with her mind in the name of Jesus. Father, we just declare right now that her mind comes into alignment with your word, Father. She is God. She does have a purpose. There is a destiny for her. We come against the lies of the enemy. She can do it in the name of Jesus. She can stand. She can make it. She can move forward. She can obey the word of the Lord. Lord, Paul said, my spirit is always at war with the flesh. But, Father, I thank you that you in her, Christ in her is stronger than her will in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that um, you are already moving more things from the past out of her way. Father, that you're already causing her to disconnect from anything that is not good for her. Father, we declare that she will have the will to make the necessary separations in the name of Jesus, that she will pull herself out of those environments, God, out of the influence that she is in the midst of, and you will cause her, Father, to align with those who have a heart for you and who have the best intentions for her. Father, I thank you that she is closing her ears to things that are releasing death to her. And, Father, that her ears are being tuned to those things that are giving life in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that her will is turning to your will right now in the name of Jesus. That she will desire what you desire. That she will hate what you hate in the name of Jesus. Touch your mind as only you can, God. In Jesus' yes, name. Mm-hmm. Yes, I really sense that you need to make um, some decisions about people that you are connected to. But there are some things that need to be cut off from your life. 
So I will say that, and um, and that you will you will become more immersed in the community God has you in, so that you can begin to um, hear God clearly, and not the other voices. And we break any look this yeah. depression. We come against it in the name of Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus. Every place of death, we bind it in the name of Jesus. No power in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Sound mind. Sound mind. We will speak less to her mind and to the things going through her mind that they be still. And we command them to go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Speak life to you. And when you talk to your pastor, you need to be truthful about everything. In the name of Jesus. Mm, life in Jesus' name. We declare the peace of God right now, Lord. Mm-hmm. Heal her heart, oh God. Mm-hmm. Heal her heart. Heal her heart, oh God. I want you to understand that, you know, this this is a process. And so you you um, know that the Holy Spirit wants to help you and is there to help you. Mm-hmm. But you got to make some decisions and be willing to mm-hmm. allow for Holy Spirit to transform you. Mm-hmm. And, anyway. And um, I also will just recommend that we, you um, hang tight on the line, um, and um, we're going to go ahead and um, pause. I don't really want to disconnect from your call. If we happen to lose you, I'll have you call back on the line. Amen. Just um, for some finishing touches that you know necessarily don't have to have, you know, all the listeners on right now. But um, want you to know that you know you are loved, you know, and um, there is help available for you. Absolutely. And the wonderful, wonderful thing about it is that you recognize that you need it. Amen. That's, that that's what's really good about. It. That's when you know that God is, you know, ready to move in your deliverance. When you recognize that, look, I need your help, God, because I can't do this thing alone. And everything that um, uh, Apostle Teresa has shared with you tonight about making sure, you know, whoever your spiritual advisors are, your spiritual leaders, um, that you be transparent. You know, this is time out for the people of God going to church, hurt, broken, and they keep leaving the church and keep returning back to church mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. It's a it's time that his 
God's people be delivered. It's time, it's time for us to be open and transparent and not be ashamed of what we have been through because that is just, you know, uh, an avenue to be used for you to be able to share what God has brought you through with someone else. You know, and then it helps you to understand this place that I was in, this, this place of Lodabar, this low place in my life, I don't ever want to return back to that low place again. And mm-hmm. it's only his grace and his mercy that put me up in a situation where I understand why the enemy was fighting me so hard. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to start doing some declaring, start writing. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about writing tonight. So you're going to have to start putting some Mm -hmm. uh, pen to paper and start saying what you are. Whatever the enemy has told you that you are, you counteract that with what God said who you are. And you're going to have to start declaring those things out loud in the atmosphere and, and, and speaking that thing in the atmosphere where there's been a lot of, you know, manipulation of, of really who people want you to be. No, what has God called you to be? That's who needs to rise up on the out, you know, on the inside of you, up out of you, who God has called you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Apostle Teresa, for praying for her. Um, is there any other mm-hmm. call? Are we going to about to close up the phone lines um, um, for this evening? Um, and we're going to um, any other question? I'll allow you one more question. If there's any more questions or any other comments on tonight. Woman of God, I thank you so much for your time. If you all have not connected to uh, Teresa Johnson, you must do so um, through social media, and she'll give you that information on how to connect with her. Um, She has so many books, it's ridiculous. It ain't ridiculous. It's ridiculously good, (laughs) should I say. It's ridiculously good. She is a library all by herself, okay? Amen. She is, she is. And and I just thank God for you, um, you know, that as you begin to continue to open up your mouth, uh, that just pits of fire will continue to proceed from your mouth, Mm. woman of God, causing the spirit of God to rise and align Mm. God's people because of his word that is embedded on the inside of you, that the manifestation of what you declare in the atmosphere has got to happen because Mm. of your discipline, your obedience, your sacrifice to study God's word, to lay before him in worship, So we thank you. We thank you and do not take it for granted uh, whatsoever. I don't take you for granted. I know the people of God tonight and just the people who are in your your tribe do not take you for granted. Know that you are a blessing. You know, no, I already know that they tell you that, but it's it's good to always hear it, you know, from different mouths. So I thank God for you, and I wanted to share that with you, and and I thank you for. unleashing something new. It's time for the people of God to be uh, unlearned from some old thinking, (laughs) some old pattern ways and not understanding some of the revelation that's been, like you said, 
scripture upon scripture, there's been so much to back up what a scribal prophet is or what a scribe is, you know. So we thank God that you, you know, broke the mold, so to speak, and, and, and tapping into, you know, a whole new thing, a commander-in-chief here, <laughs> a scribal commander. And, you know, we just thank God that for all the warriors God is sending, you know, mm-hmm. your way who are ready to go to war you um, with this new mandate um, that the kingdom of God has got to get used to something that it was already there, <laughs> so, something that was already mm-hmm. there, but that we just never tapped mm-hmm. into. So um, is there mm-hmm. anything, well, go ahead and share with them how, to con- how they can connect with you on social media if you have a conference. Um, I didn't get a chance to even ask you about the, um, goodness, about the um, Scribal Conservatory Arts and Worship Center. So um, if you could share with them um, location times um, and how to connect with you, that will be a blessing. Okay. Yeah, that will be that I sure will. I'm not going to keep them long. I'm going to be real quick. Um, they can find me at, the, at chamberofdescribe.com, chamberofdescribe.com. And from there, um, all of my other websites are there um, and how to get in touch with me. On, on Facebook, if they want to connect, they can reach me um, actually from your link because I think I may have liked it. And so they can, you know, I, I did like it and I posted it in some other places. So my name is Teresa Harvard Johnson. And if you type in Scribal Prophets on Facebook, um, I will come up. You'll see a group called Scribal Prophets, and you can find me from there also. And the Scribal Conservatory Arts and Worship Center is a um, center here in Atlanta that we're building. We've been a year in operation, and we're actually meeting this Sunday. And it's a, and if you want to know what that is, it's a church. <laughs> so I'll just tell you that. It's a church, but it's a church that, um, that builds people through the arts. So if you have a creative gift, we try to nurture that. That's the only thing that means. But where we operate, we teach the word of God, we pray, we um, have, we're trying to build a family type environment. So and and we do training. We're starting our school this year where we're teaching um, specific things in the arts and the prophetic Ephesians four eleven ministry. So I just want to tell you that because sometimes when people see the Scribal Conservatory, you can put that on Facebook also, and we'll pop up. We have a page. And the website is thescribalconservatory.com. So you can reach me through any of those means, and I'll also um, write that those down on the um, post announcing the meeting tonight. And so that may help you, you know, if you want to connect further, I'll make sure that I do that. Um, after we get off the call so that we have that. Thank you. And I just thank God for um, Kingdom Sisters Empowerment Network and for you and for the books God is going to post through you, for the media things that God is going to do through your life and um, through your ministry, the books that will be written about the the woman's wealth in her mind and worth and other things that God will produce through your pen, mm-hmm. the, you know, and, and, and the media initiatives. I thank God for those things. I don't know if you've already written books, but there are <laughs> many books on the inside of you. There are songs on the inside of you. Um, there's um, creative things, even for your family on the inside of you, letters that need to be written. 
um, prayers that need to go forth that God is going to have you produce and write in written form. So there's just a lot there. And so I thank you for just allowing me to be here because that is very strong. I've never met your husband, but I feel I'm strongly sensing the the anointing to um, release books. um, uh, books You are on it. And um, specifically, it's very strong on him. It's strong on both of you, but it's extremely strong on him. You are are absolutely right. My God. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Jesus. that is something that needs to be done now. But I'm also praying that God will send you a scribal team, that he will identify people that will help you because of the level of work that you've been called to do in the midst of ministry. Help is needed. You're directed and you'll start it, but there are people that can help you finish it and help produce it. So I just pray that Thank you, that Lord. team arise, however the Lord leads you to develop that in your midst. And there's a level of creativity even in the midst of the ministry that God has given to you that you're going to see come forth and burst forth. I see um, young, I, I, want, I don't want to, I see, I see people between the ages of 25 and probably 35 years old that the Lord is going to bring that needs to be groomed and um, refined for ministry. Some of them are already in ministry, but they need a level of refinement that you and your husband are able to present and to give. So just begin to prepare for that um, population to explode in the midst of you. I hear the Lord saying that you are bridge builders, that you cross generations. Not only do you cross the generation of youth, but you cross generations with the generation that came before you. So it's almost as if you are building um, bridges in the midst of, of what God has called, and you're setting them on fire. And just know that, um, that, this is, that there's a lot of work, especially in the media arena, that, that the Lord has for. And I just keep seeing your husband, and, and, and that, that that is an area that the Lord is really going to press upon him if he hasn't already done so. And um, it's going to be instrumental to what you are doing. I just media, um, production, that books are going to be a huge part of it. Not just um, um, apostolic books, but books, the curriculum, teaching. Oh, my goodness. And so that is huge. So don't um, hesitate when those things come. And I hear that time is an issue, but even as time is an issue, jot it down as it comes. Don't lose the thoughts, but jot them down as they come, right as you can. Um, because of the demands of ministry, because of other things opening up for you, because there's a there's not just this there's, there's a, a platform for you that is bigger than what you can imagine, but it's tied to a lot of what you will produce. And so the production part of it is is a big deal. So that's it. That's just what I hear right Woo! now. And I'll write more if you give well, it. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Um, God, I thank you. I thank you, God. I humbly receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Oh, I thank you, God. Let me not start because I know we've been on. Ooh, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you. Okay. Bless the name of the Lord. Woman of God, give us a couple of declarations on out of here. Whatever you sense in your Holy Spirit, give us some declarations. 
Yes, Father, we declare that every gift that you've placed on the inside of your people yes, will not lie, lie dormant, but it will come alive and be ignited in Jesus' name. Father, we Jesus. declare that this is the time for them to awaken. Father, we declare that resources will not be a hindrance, but you will give them witty ideas, and you will put a fire and a thirst in them, Lord, to dig out that that you have placed in their hands right where they are. Father, I yes. thank you that the knowledge that they have right now is enough to get started, that they are moving forward. We declare that in the name of Jesus. Father, we release Matthew 13, 52 upon them. Father, we release Numbers 11 upon them, the government of the scribe, that they be established in those areas that you have ordained for them. Father, we just pray for the storytellers and the curriculum writers and the teachers that are here, Father. We pray for the administrators and those that have a desire to instruct. And, Father, we declare that they will walk in it, that there is time to complete what you have given them. They are not too late, that they can pick up right where they are right now and begin declaring what is already in heaven in them, in the earth right now, in Jesus' name. In and Father, Jesus we thank mighty you for the growth of this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ooh, callers on the line right where you are, just say amen to what God has spoken, what God has taught, what he has declared. Hallelujah. We just we we just invite the Holy Spirit to invade your space where you are, it's your space in your mind, the space in your heart, and even the literal space of where you are in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much. You all, you got to get connected to her. She's got so many books that will bless you. Make sure you get connected to her. Go to her page. Uh, and, and there are links that you can get to that you can, she has books um, that are already um, on her page where you can purchase them, I believe, through your website that is already on your page. Is that correct, woman of God? Well, amen. God bless you all.